Good afternoon and welcome to this live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Glad to have you here on Wednesday. They'll kind of call this the hump day. Everybody's going to get through it. Many have prayer services tonight and special time with God's people gathering in churches all over the Memphis area. Get into the Word to get plugged in to ministry. And so we're excited to be here with you this afternoon. Partly sunny skies continuing. Looks like a high near 88. I mean, we're already starting to feel summer-like temperatures already, and we're in the first part of May here, so hold on, folks. You know what Mid-South weather's like. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 68. Mostly sunny on Thursday with 89 for a high, 68 for a low Thursday night. Friday, sunny, a high of 89. Looks like the weekend looks good, too. Sunny and 90 right now. It is mostly cloudy and breezy. You could actually fly a kite or set your sail and just take off because it is definitely breezy, 88 degrees right now. Let's say hi to our Facebook friends who are watching on Facebook. I don't know how many of you get the daily devotional. Some folks use different little email delivery to your box, different devotions. And recently, I signed up for my utmost for his highest. You know, Oswald Chambers, an amazing pastor who wrote just very deep thought, you know, in God's Word. His wife actually took notes while he preached. He died as a young man, actually. I think his little girl was like three years old or less than three years old when he passed away. But his wife had been so diligent, the pastor's wife, so diligent to take notes. That is really her notes is what you see when you read My Utmost for His Highest. And this morning, the verse out of Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no revelation or prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. It says here, there is a difference between holding on to a principle and having a vision. A principle does not come from moral inspiration, but a vision does. People who are totally consumed with idealistic principles rarely do anything. A person's own idea of God and his attributes may actually be used to justify and rationalize his deliberate neglect of his duty. And he used the illustration of Jonah. Jonah knew the word, but I mean, he was running the totally opposite direction of where God had called him to go. As it continues on, where there is no revelation or prophetic vision, once we lose sight of God, we begin to be reckless. We cast off certain restraints from activities we know are wrong. We set aside prayer as well as cease having God's vision in the little things of life. We simply begin to act on our own initiative, eating only out of our own hand and doing things solely on our own initiative without expecting God to come in. We are on a downward path. That's a dangerous place to be, folks, and I just kind of had to check in my spirit to make sure, you know, am I living by God's vision and seeking His face and not just principles? I mean, you know, we want to live by God's Word, but don't get caught up in so much of the principles that we miss the big picture and see God Himself. And that's why I'm so excited to introduce our guest today. I'm trying to remember how many years ago it was that we had Pastor Tony Wade from Divine Life Church He came to tell me about the youth outreach that was going on, and he brought two youth here in our studio, and we talked about how God had changed their life. Yes. And how they called a vision, not just a principle, but a vision (laughs) of God. Pastor Tony Wade is here. Brother, thank you for coming by today. Thank you for having us, Byron. We appreciate it. It's always full of energy and excitement when we get together, and so I'm glad that uh, we can have some time this afternoon. In that program, Pastor, you brought a young lady, Dominic Winfrey. And at that time, Dominic, I was trying to remember, was she just recently out of high school, starting college? she was just starting the University of Memphis. Okay. Yes. And so that's been like how many years ago? Seven. 
Has it been seven? Seven? It's probably yes, been seven, seven years seven ago. Seven years. Four years undergrad, three years of law school. <laughs> seven years. Seven years. Yes. There's a lot of book pages that uh, oh, between, right? Yes, a whole lot. Dominic, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. What we're going to share this afternoon is totally a miracle of God. Amen. I hashtag our little promo on social media saying hashtag miracles happen. Amen. Because they do. And yes. we know, Pastor, the greatest miracles are life transformed in Jesus. Yes. That's that's the greatest uh, miracle of all when uh, we go from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive Amen. in Christ. And so uh, just I'm excited about what God has uh, done in the life of Dominique and, and many others uh, through Repairing the Breach Outreach Ministries. Yes. Well, I also want to say a special appreciation to your wife, Alicia, who is behind the camera right now. <laughs> but we might at the end of the show, we'll probably have her come around and wave to our Facebook friends Amen. and say hi. Because I know that it was the dynamic duel uh, yes. and actually dynamic trio of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Tony Wade and Felicia, who really reached out to this rebellious teenager (laughs) who was caught up in gang, had an attitude. Oh, Oh, my God. And take me back to when you first met Dominique. (laughs) Be nice. Be nice. I mean, I got to be truthful. The the truth will set you free. (laughs) Well, when when I first met her, uh, honestly, Byron, the the whole thing was you, you could see the brokenness. And so even though she displayed all those things you just said, uh, rebellion and all of the things she was entangled in, she was just broken. And so the first time I really met her, I saw her, uh, I was at my grandmother's house. Uh, we grew up in the same neighborhood, which is the Alcee Ball community. And I saw her dribbling the basketball up the street. And so Holy Spirit really quickened me to go to her. I said, uh, uh, you play basketball? She's like, yeah. I said, I got a team called Crossover. Do you want to play? And and at this time, it was a co-ed team. And the whole purpose was to build relationships to really get the gospel out. And so that's what first drew her to us when she was 12 years old at that time. Okay, Dominique, when you're bouncing this basketball down the street, dribbling the ball, and Pastor Tony walks up to you, what's your initial thoughts? Well, I knew who he was from the community, from seeing him at the gym. So when he initially walked up to me, you know, it was just kind of a thing of, hey, you know, what's up? You know, what do you want to talk about? And so, um, but what what was great about it is that when he drew me in, there was no talk of anything. It was like, I want to get to know you. He really focused on building a relationship with me um, first. So um, that's when I joined the basketball team and things began to go downhill from there. <laughs> go downhill? Uphill, yeah. rather. Okay, yeah. okay, uphill. Downhill for the old man, but uphill, uphill. for there the new go. man. Hey, there, there we go. go. Did you still sense a feeling of hostility? You said the initial contact was very friendly and inviting. Mm-hmm. But you knew he was a pastor. Right. Uh, well, not at that time. Okay. I didn't know he was a pastor. I just knew him from the community, from being around at the gym and being at Corey. But I didn't know he was a pastor. Right. Um, but when I joined the basketball team, it was all still very friendly. We would have our devotionals and we would talk. And really, I moved away from the community, so they lost contact with me. And it wasn't until about maybe what, it a year? It was like two, two years, a year and a half, two years later. Because the the basketball was the initial contact Mm -hmm. 
where she was a part of the team. And then later, because I, I think she was sixth grade, and then this was eighth grade. Right. Uh, when when uh, we really started making a deeper connection. So by the time you're in sixth grade, you're already involved with drugs and gang life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I was so heavily involved with gang activity, but uh, I really I was involved with drugs in Were the sixth you? grade. I was. She would hang out with gang uh, right. gang members, and she would sell drugs and smoke a yes. lot of weed. And I mean, to a point that you were kicked out of the at that time the Memphis City School System. Not until the eighth grade when I got when they told me we had enough <laughs> so long you are no longer welcome inside of uh, Memphis City Schools Memphis at that time. Right. Um, that was in the 8th grade. In 6th grade I was I was becoming worse. It was starting to magnify the things that were going on inside of me but I, I was still in school at that point. What do you think some of the, talk about home life, what was the environment like for you at home? Well, so I was I was a loner because um, I lived primarily with my grandmother. My mom had me at a young age. You know, at 14, she was doing the best she could, but she was a yes. child herself, you know. And so with that, you know, she worked a lot trying to figure, you know, figure her life out. I had a lot of time to myself, and I had a lot of brokenness from my father not being around, not knowing who my father was. I was abused in many ways as a child. Um, and so all of those things compiled just began to make me angry, you know, it made me feel like I didn't like the world didn't care about me so I began to create this thing inside of myself that said I didn't care about anything anything or anyone else and so I began to act out of that Pastor, this is kind of typical for a lot of youth, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, yes. through your ministry, which Repairing the Breach yes. is the name of the youth ministry yes. that is part, was actually the Divine Life Church was birthed out of the youth ministry. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And the thing about it is, uh, I like to say we, we have an angry generation, and it's really because of what God said to us in his word in Ephesians 6. Uh, fathers, don't provoke your children unto wrath, but to bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And so because we hadn't properly raised our children the way God mandated, we now have created an angry generation. That's why you got a lot of children out killing people who don't care nothing about their own life, so they definitely don't care about your life. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a generation of anger and hostility and bitterness. And so what we tried to do was just penetrate that wall through love because Mm -hmm. love conquers all. And so that's basically what we wanted to do. And so a lot of times people try to teach someone without first building relationship first. And so we had a lot of challenges in the beginning with her because we weren't going to compromise the standards that we were upholding. So we would discipline her. We'd tell her, (laughs) you got to leave for the day. You can't come back. But yet at the same time, loving her unconditionally. So we weren't going to tolerate the hostility she would try to bring or the rebelliousness, but at the same time, loving her unconditionally. And so you had never been loved like that before, have you? No, not on that level where someone really was, I care about you and I really want to get to the root of knowing you and what's going on. And just that introduction to Jesus was, it was was amazing. It was a love I've never felt before. So what part of the the time and the part of the relationship when you joined the team and you started hearing the story about somebody who came down from heaven to die for your sins on the cross 
and loved you unconditionally. I mean, when did that start to sink in? So it was a process. Uh, they ministered the gospel to me Friday after Friday, and I would come in high and leave high. Um, <laughs> and, but one thing that began to weigh on me is that they never changed. Like he was just saying, they remained consistent in everything that they did. Their message to me about how much God loved me. Every time he saw me, he would come and hug me, and I would act like I didn't want to be hugged. But deep down, <laughs> I really did, you know. And um, But this was constant. This was Every day I came to the gym and he would minister to me, him and um, Pastor Felicia, um, you know, they were ministered to me. And so I remember one day I saw my baby brother who was about three at the time. And I was like, I don't want him to live the life that I live. I said, I'm going to give this Jesus thing a try. So I went to the gym that day and I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but we went back in the back room. It was a few of us and you prayed with us and we accepted Jesus. And then you told us to feel the manifest presence of God. You told yeah. us to, you know, put our hands out like this. And it was just, it was a love, like a, a heavy blanket that just laid on me, like yeah. that I've never felt in my life. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, Dominique, I felt that same blanket when I was 16 years old, wow. and I received Christ Amen. too. Hallelujah. And I'm 56 years old now. Praise God. But there's something about you don't forget that. You don't. That's right. You, know? that's you right. don't. It's a love like you can't describe yeah. in this world. See, I mean, that's what thing. happened with me, Byron. I experienced God's presence and his love. And so, you know, we know we get saved by uh, grace through faith, mm-hmm. but sometimes people need to feel the love of Christ. Yes. They don't they don't need to know uh, God as someone that is distant, but he's right here that lives on the inside of us. And so I knew that they needed to experience the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, too, Pastor, uh, you know, he is our father. Yes. And when we have a messed up view of our earthly father, yes. it's hard to comprehend, Definitely. hard to understand. Right. You know, what he really wants to have in a relationship with us, you know, that father-child relationship, which is so amazing. Yeah. Okay, so things started changing for you. Was it right away? Yeah, it was right away. Uh, for me, I left the room that day and was like, all right, no more weed. Told, <laughs> told the people I was hanging with, with the gang activity, you won't see me anymore. Uh, you know, and I just kind of went cold turkey with everything. You know, that's you know, just the way the Lord has always dealt with me. When it's time to cut something off, I just cut it off, you know. And, um, but... But from there, you know, I still had challenges. Um, I remember, you know, there was a time that uh, a, re- a really close loved one to me committed suicide. Yeah. And I reverted back because I had never dealt with a tough situation in Christ. So yes. I didn't know how to deal with it, you know, from a godly right, sure. perspective. So I went back to smoking weed and hanging out. But the same love that drew me in the first time, you know, they offered me again. They came back. You know, it wasn't a, what are you doing? You know better. It was a, you know, God is walking through this with you. Like, like we we're right here with you, like yes. you know, you know, and just a. It was just so much compassion that it drew me back to my first love, where I was like, "All right, you know, no more." Oh, of this you, stuff. you know, it's so interesting you say that. I can remember a very specific as a new teenager because yeah. I had come from a drug background mm-hmm. in yeah. school, and I remember that was after a few weeks, I, something happened. I think, oh, I got, I lost a job, and I yeah, got real yeah. depressed about yes. it. Mm-hmm. And so my friends were saying, "Hey, you know, God made the marijuana plant." It's <laughs> Okay, you know, and so, and I deceived by Satan yeah, in my yeah. own flesh, yeah. and I remember smoking the weed and getting high. <laughs> but I had this great conviction; yes. I thought I was going to die. Yes, and I just said, "God, if you'll let me 
live until the morning. I'll confess this <laughs> right. sin. And I got down on my knees <laughs> and prayed. And that was my last weed experience. Yeah. Seriously, you know, it's that new, as you walk, you know, we're babes in Christ mm-hmm. and you're yes. learning how to walk in that's Him, too. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what the ministry of divine life and repairing the breach is yes. all about, Pastor. Right. Definitely. I mean, um, we, we like to say we're going to come down to where you are to bring you where you should be. Yep. So we're going to love you up. So in order to love someone up, you got to go down to where they are. Just what Jesus did for us. He came into a broken world that was in a world without any hope. And so Jesus became our hope. And so we should be doing the same thing. And so uh, in the case of Dominique, we we just spent a lot of time just really discipling her and pouring into her. And and my wife, Felicia, was very instrumental in that. And so we would just be with them. Uh, Our core group, we would keep them close to us every day. Yes. And so uh, helping them to navigate through the obstacles because we we in a real war, a real battle, so we got to teach people how to navigate and walk this Christian walk. Because mm-hmm. she's still living in the same neighborhood, Definitely. the same environment. Definitely. So she's got to learn how to do oh, that. Oh, she have to. Now, did, what about school? Did the city school say, hey, now that you're saved, you can come back <laughs> to the school? No, no, no. no, no, no so no. at this point, ninth grade, um, I'm a new believer, so I'm in alternative school. <laughs> and um, I mean, I mean, Pastor and uh, Dion Barry, who's like my goddad, they fought hard to get me back in a, a Memphis yeah. City school. But and so you remember, I went and, and met with the, the principal <laughs> at the alternative school. Yep. And then uh, Pastor Dion Berry, one of our assistant pastors, he met with the chancellor at the school that she ended up graduating from. And so um, I had developed a previous relationship with the principal at the alternative school. And so I went and met with him and I began to tell him about her transformation Mm -hmm. and how we're continuing taking her on a certain path. And I really need him to release her from this alternative school so she can go to this charter school. Yeah. And he did. He did it. He did yes. it about what about 60 days later? Yep. He did it about 60 days later and I went to the charter school and that's where I graduated. And your grades started changing too, didn't they? Uh, yes. I went from a 0.6 and I graduated high school with a 4.4 GPA. <laughs> Say no to drugs. Say no to drugs. <laughs> Say no. And so and then in the process of that, you went to University of Memphis. And you also graduated from U of M with the honors too. Yes, I well, graduated. Let, let me say this before she tell you that um, we uh, we had someone that had her tested at oh, Selvin yeah. Learning Center, and so she was so far behind that one of the people said, "Don't waste your money." Because, you know, she, yep. she's so far behind, you would really throw your money away wow. by investing uh, in her progression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true story. <laughs> but we know, the, we know the end result here. Oh, yeah. Okay, Amen. so go ahead and tell me the story about college. So uh, I had a few options, and I decided to go to the University of Memphis because I received a full-ride scholarship, uh, Emerging Leader Scholarship. Yes. Uh, so I went to University of Memphis, you know, on this scholarship, graduated with honors, and applied to law school. And let me say, getting into law school is not an easy task. No, it's and not. And just because, matter of fact, Memphis has one of the better law schools. Yes, it does. You know, in the country. Definitely. And it's not easy to go to. I have a cousin that went to school, law school there, and I remember when she was going there. It's not yeah. an easy thing. So No, it's not. Yeah, as you well know. <laughs> so, but why did you pick law? 
so it was one of those things that I was an education major and because I always love teaching I, I just love helping people get it and I was doing an internship in DC and the class that I was supposed to take global perspectives it canceled and I had to take a criminal law class and the moment I walked into the class is I, I had a knowing it was like this is what you're supposed to do and I had never thought about law before a day in my life and so the I, the Holy, Holy Spirit just became, continued to speak to me throughout this time and so I you know I you know, called my pastor and I called my advisor and I was like alright I'm switching my major this is what I'm doing and they were just like okay you know, let's do it go for it now when you talk about law you're talking about I mean just all kinds of ways you can go is there a specific direction you're interested in so long term for me, I want to do a lot more with um, business, you know, helping people who want to start businesses if they have, you know, nonprofits or if they need LLCs and just the whole framework, you know, from business to ministries to nonprofits, just everything, making sure that their legal structures are solid and making yes. sure that they're in compliance. And so that's long term for me, wanting to do more of like a consulting firm in that arena. Um, but starting out, uh, I'm still applying to a few firms. Um, I do have connections in criminal law, so that may be where I start start out. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> wow. Pastor, when you look and just see the process, you see the journey that God took. And, and, and also the fact that you and your lovely wife, Alicia, who are both committed to Christ and, you know, you have a heart for youth. But knowing, you know, when you get with some youth and some people, it can be messy. Definitely. In this case, it was messy. Yes. You know, but you look at the results and see what God has done in the process. <laughs> Amen. I, I tell you, uh, in the early days, when, when you're ministering to a, a lot of young people, uh, Holy Spirit had to teach me early. Uh, I remember one day I was ministering to a child that just has just had given their life to Christ the day before. Mm-hmm. And the next day they get suspended. And so I was so discouraged. And I'm walking <laughs> through the halls of Corey Middle School, just really uh, murmuring and complaining to Holy Spirit. And and uh, as I'm walking down the hall, hall, Holy Spirit says, quit trying to be Holy Spirit. Come on. And so um, and then he began to teach me that you're basically making investments and so you don't know when the lights are going to come on. It may come on at 20. It may come on at 30. It may come on at 40 That's because right. the one water, one plant, one water, but it's God that gives the increase. And so we're really proud of Dominique for for really persevering in, in all her endeavors, but also uh, the type of woman she has become in Christ because she's not only graduating in, in, in law and getting ready to become an attorney, she's a preacher of the gospel. So, I mean, a phenomenal, phenomenal communicator. Mm-hmm. You get in a room with young people, older people, whatever. God has an anointing upon her life. So whatever she put her hands to, uh, she can do it, and she will prosper in it. Well, a moment ago, uh, Dominique made reference to Dion. Now, Dion yes. was the other youth yes. w- that we had in the studio yes. seven-plus years ago, mm-hmm. and we told your story at first, Dominique. Yeah. Of course, as you mentioned, Dion now is uh, one of your pastors. Yes. yes. He got married. He's and, married. And I think he, he just how many had children? a son. He has a son now? Son. My yeah. good, yeah. Well, Logan. That is so exciting. Logan. That just has to thrill your heart when you make that investment. You tarry along, you love along unconditionally. You really take the time to cultivate, to build the relation. I mean, that's just being real, you know? I I mean, that's what I I love about that type of presenting the gospel, making Mm -hmm. disciples, really, is what Jesus told us to do. 
because you know these drive what I call drive by shootings. Yeah. Not that God can't use when somebody you know oh, definitely totally right. yes. But when you have a a life that like Dominique's and yeah. many others that just need to have a friend first, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean walking walking through that process. Uh, it takes time and, and just letting Holy Spirit work through us. Yes. Because at the end of the day, I can't change a life. You or Dominic or no right. one. Yes, totally. Holy Spirit can work through us. And so uh, we're just honored that God let us be a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And so someone is always a part of someone's process. And so God just allowed us to be a part of the process of what he wanted to do in her life. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, God sends every person to the earth with purpose. And so sometime it is lying dormant and he wants to resurrect it. So who's going to speak life to it? Yes. She she still had attorney, preacher, <laughs> author, uh, writer, whatever, laying dormant on the right. inside of her. But someone needed to prophesy, to speak life to what God had already placed there. You made a reference to Ephesians a minute ago. The first part of Ephesians said, but you were dead in Christ. Yes. I mean, I mean, before Christ. In you, trespasses. You know, in trespasses, yeah. you're not dead in Christ. You were dead, alive yeah. in Christ, but yeah. dead in the trespasses yes. sins. But, I mean, dead is dead. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and But the, the life is Christ, the yeah. resurrected life of Christ yes. inside through the Holy Spirit that, that causes us to have that life. That's exactly. You know, to put us on track. Yeah. Uh, tell me, are you going to stay in Memphis? Yes. Uh, uh, watch yes. Stay in town? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I have no intentions uh, that I know of at this moment of leaving the city of Memphis. Uh, no, no, she doesn't have any. <laughs> I, I've already talked with God. And, no. and Saturday yeah. is your graduating Saturday from law school. Saturday at 5 p.m. Cannon Center, downtown. Hallelujah. Is there any other recognition or awards you, that you know about? Um, Like that I'm getting from the one I'm graduating? Yes. Um, I get an award for, I don't know if these are called awards, but I have a lot of stoves and cords on from being on the moot court board, honor council. I did over 60 hours in pro bono service. Um, oh, That's a lot. I, I think went to so. Rome. Uh, that was a study abroad program. Yeah, abroad. Yeah, it was amazing. This is great. Uh, Pastor Tony, why don't you just give us a word about, we, we get, we're really having to sh- uh, say goodbye because our time's running out. We've got uh, Pastor uh, Madonica Williams is online with us. Also, uh, Pastor Melvin Watkins. How you doing, Dr. Madonica and Pastor Watkins? Yeah, How you doing? We've got Hello. a whole lot of other folks watching it on, too, on our program, and we thank you so thank much. Thank you. Please share Dominique's story on our video on, on uh, Facebook right now, our friends. If you'll share this, let's get it out. Let's talk see what God is doing to transform the lives that he can do. Pastor, any closing thoughts? I, I just want to encourage uh, Anyone that is out there that may have a child, may have a loved one, or just a child in your neighborhood that you feel that there's no hope for. Mm. As long as there's life in them, there's still hope through uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so just keep sowing seeds, keep encouraging, keep speaking uh, to the life of Christ that... Uh, that purpose that he placed in them on the inside and keep speaking to it. And so the lights may not come on today or tomorrow, but it will come on because I know the labor that we do for Christ is not in vain. Okay, now, Miss Felicia, you come over here real fast because we (laughs) want our Facebook friends to come on in here. This lady right here was part of this, too, and we want to say hi. Miss Felicia has been on the... Hello, everybody on Facebook. And also, you're on Radio Live, too, Miss Felicia, too, AM640 and FM100.7, but we got to 
get you back on for another oh, ministry yeah. update, too. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. It's always, well, friends, we're going to have to say goodbye. But this isn't the end of the story. There's more to talk about. We're just waiting for it to happen because she's, when she gets through, it's how God uses you. Amen. You know you've got an open microphone here, so you come back and visit me, okay? Okay. All right. Do. And you know, Pastor, you're always welcome. Thank you so much, Barry. <laughs> well, friend, Thank our guest today, again, Dominic Winfrey and Miss Felicia and Tony Wade stopped by to tell this incredible story. Thank you to all of our Facebook friends and those listening on Bot Radio Network, AM 640 and FM 100.7. We're going to say goodbye now, and that's all we have. Byron Tyler, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.